welcome to The Space of the Waste, featuring host Melody Edmondson. Do you struggle with the right look to complement your body shape? Have you tried so many different looks and styles only to be disappointed time and again? You've landed on the right program. We'll show you how to make the right style work in your favor. Now, here is Melody Edmondson. Welcome to Voice America, and thank you for tuning in to the Variety Channel. I am your host, Melody Edmondson, and our show is The Space of the Waste. In case this is your first time tuning in and you're a first-time listener, or if you happen to miss any of our first or second shows, you may go to www.com voiceamerica.com and on the search line just put the space of the waste and I'll pop right up and under my picture you can put last episode or you can watch any listen to any episode you care to listen to Uh, I'm encouraging everyone to buy the guidebook which is book one and if you've been following us the first two shows I'm sure you have yours on the way or you have it it's Book one, the guidebook, your fashion guide based on body shape and the space of the waist. And if you don't know what the space of the waist is, we I will go over that very quickly. It's that space between where your bra band uh, at the bottom of your bust, it straight down to where your waist nips in, that's a space there. And in an average woman with average height, I mean, average height woman, that space, if it's 6.2 to seven inches, that is balance waist. If it's under 6.2 or say under six, uh, you are short-waisted. And if you're over seven inches, you are long-waisted. If you're a shorter person and all shorter people are not necessarily petite, but if you're a shorter woman, your waist length in that space of the waist would be uh, 4.3 to 5 inches, 4.3 to 5 inches. If you're taller than 5 foot 9 inches, meaning 5'10 and upward, your waist length would be 8.3 to 9 inches to be balance waisted. If you're under 8.3, you're short waisted. And if you're over 9 inches, you are long waisted. And in book one, you can read about rise or what I call stride of the trousers because many long-waisted women also happen to be long-strided or have a longer rise and need to have that adjusted. Anyway, today we have someone wonderful on our show. We have Mike Dees, who I've known for probably 50 years, and I don't know how that could be. I knew him when I was 10, I guess. But anyway, Mike has uh, most recently president of Joan Voss. Prior to that, president of Marissa Christina. And I first met Mike when he was a buyer at M.M. Cone, then a divisional. Then he moved as GMM vice president at Belkin Company before he became president of various knitwear conglomerates there in New York City. Uh, Mike knew uh, early on that the whole knitwear dressing and knitwear was really making leaps and bounds 
And it was during the early years of my career that they first started petites, then they started talls, then they started plus sizes. These were not always there. Uh, I know you young people in your 20s and 30s don't realize it. They just started in like 1979 to 1984. We started with petites and then started with talls and started with plus sizes. Because we're talking about knitwear today, and knitwear started to become very important during that time, particularly uh, early 80s onward and in the 90s, if we all remember, some of us remember Adrian Vitadini and her fantastic knit dresses and Jimmy Williams stitches and his fantastic a fisherman's sweater that sold a gazillion of them. Uh, knits have been very important. And one of the most important things about dressing ourselves is our foundation garments, shapewear or bras and panties. So I came across a book by Jean Luciani, J-E-N-E-L-U-C-I-A-N-I. It is a best-selling book and it's called The Bra Book. I encourage you to get that. Um, and she mentioned a few labels. So I'm going to mention a few. Uh, and I also got the Good Housekeeping article that was just completed in November 21. And in that article, they met, they also mentioned the best overall bras. So I've combined that list and come up with Bare Necessities and Notori Pure Lux. Notori is good for custom coverage bra. Most of these are on Amazon.com. And if they're not, I'll give you the website. Hanes Ultimate T-Shirt Bra. Third Love 24-7 Classic T-Pro. For Large Busted People, Frye, which is F-R-E-Y-A, Idle Molded Balcony Bra. The smaller bus line do well with Pepper Limpid limitedless it's a wire free scoop neck bra and you find it on major wearpepper.com wearpepper.com the best plus size bras playtex love my curves t-shirt bra which is on amazon uh, and it was on sale for $19.99, uh, usually $42. I don't know if they still have it. That's been since November. Full coverage, full figure, full bust, Vanity Fair, Beauty Back Bra, Best Demi Bra, Victoria's Secret T-shirt, Lightly Lined Demi Bra, Best Lightweight Bra, Hanes Oh So Light Wire Free Bra, Best Lounge Bra, Evelyn and Bobby, Defy Bra. Best Sports Bra, Nike Swoosh Sports Bra. Best Mastectomy Bra, Anna Onorora, O-A-N-A-O-N-A-O-R-O-R-A. Website A-N-A-N-O.com. Best Maternity Bra, Notori Feathers plunge bra and the best wireless bra Olga easy does it no bulge best unlined bra 
by cup with two U's, C-U-U-P, the scoop bra, shop cup, C-U-P-P, C-U-U-P.com, tongue twister, best bralette, so, Soma bralette, Soma.com, best lace bralette by Airy, A-E-E-R-I-E, and their web is A-E.com. Another great bra you can find is the Flex Bra at Nordstrom's for small busts, they suggest for A's and B's. And uh, like I say, the strapless red carpet bra, Waco, and front closures by Spanx. I also want to mention the body shapers. Uh, we all know about Spanx, I think. And Kim Kardashian's new line, Skims, uh, Bare Necessities has body shapers. Marina, M-A-R-E-N-A.com, Marina, uh, Sculpshe, uh, Honey Love, Leon Lisa, L-E-O-N-L-I-S-A, Column Diana, C-O-L-O-M-D-I-A-N-A, and Shape Licks. S-H-A-P-E-L-I-X. That's what I've got on the body uh, shapers. I would like to take just a minute and uh, talk one more thing that I didn't get in the first couple of shows, but before we move on to Mike, I'm going to have in the um, day on the day that we do our closets, we're going to go through a 57 piece basic transitional wardrobe. And within those silhouettes, which I like to use the word silhouette, as you know, instead of style, because you use style so many ways. She likes to style me. I like that style. What's your style? But when I talk about a silhouette, I mean a specific given silhouette of a garment, cut and sewn or knitted, okay, or crocheted for that matter. But within my 57 shape, uh, basic transseasonal uh, all-time wardrobe, I call it your essential wardrobe. There's only 14 pieces that are hard pieces in the beginning to purchase. And believe me, when we clean that closet out, you may, you know, buy five, then you're by five, then you're by four. But the key is uh, I have organized them by, um, what do you call it, uh, cycles. So you you buy your first cycle is about 45 pieces, and then you move on into your, your next cycle and buy the rest of the things. But to begin with, I suggest, yes, these three sets of undershapers or three undershapers, what I call shapers, and three sets of underwear, bra and panties. What I also consider part of the underwear, but it's actually a sportswear item, is a black skinny 
tight t-shirt that's longer, okay? And I suggest you buy three of those. Then as far as the long, the hard pieces go, we're gonna need two trousers, two jackets, according to your body shape, which we'll get into other days, a pair of jeans, at least three silk or silk-like blouses or menswear woven shirts, one day dress, one little black dress, one black evening dress, or if you're a navy or brown person, but something that you can wear that is timeless and wear it for a long time. A raincoat, and of course an umbrella to go with that. Uh, a wool coat for winter. Um, and then I suggest also on that first cycle to get your black flats, your pumps in black and your evening shoes in black and get a low heeled black boot. And I suggest doing that with a pointed toe because now the flare jeans are back and we're giving up on our skinnies. And I think it's time we did and get out of these leggings for a while and wear something else. The flares are the big deal right now. And your toe sticking out of the trouser, the best toe for that is a pointed toe. Then the other items are accessory items, a day bag, a night bag, uh, jewelry, like two statement necklaces, two pairs of earrings, a scarf, a shawl, a belt. And they're bringing back hosiery. Thank goodness. I'm kind of sick of bare legs, but there are certain parts of the country that still want to do bare legs. So go with your flock. But I'm saying hosiery's back and socks and sparkly sequins socks and over the knee, knee socks, over the knee, knee socks. <laughs> you're going to need a robe for winter and for summer if you're in that territory of temperature. And whatever it is you sleep in, you're going to need a couple of that. Slippers and flip-flops, a swimsuit and a cover-up. So that's your basic. So today, when we're listening to knitwear, keep in mind it could be your day dress. It might even be your evening dress. Might be your little black dress. It depends on if, where you find it. Uh, and also, it could be a skirt, because I do have a skirt here in case I forgot to say it. If you look best in a pencil skirt, it might be a knit. 99 out of 100 times, it will be. And if you look good and fit in flare, you can also buy that in knit, because I have one. A stitched down pleated, because I'm short-waisted, and I have a pencil skirt. You can wear those if you're short-waisted or long-waisted. And as far as knitted goes, of course, your scarf could be knitted and your gloves. And I'm going to stop with that. Your jacket and your pants, that's up to you and your tank tops. They could, and some of your, your shirts, you know, your tops that you wear, you might opt instead of for a silk top, a knit top. So I'm going to stop now. It's my time to go to commercial break. And when I come back, I'm going to introduce Mike Dees, and you're going to enjoy speaking to him, listening to him. And you can text us at thespaceofthewaste at gmail.com. Thank you very much. And you can also call into the station.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. C. Melody Edmondson has created a book series, The Space of the Waste. The book series may be found on Amazon.com. You'll want to purchase book one first. Your fashion guide based on body shape and the space of the waist. This is a new method of measuring, including the first guidebook. There are a total of 19 volumes that focus on different body shapes and waist lengths and how to make the space of the waist work for you. Find the space of the waist guides on Amazon.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. You are listening to The Space of the Waste. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to thespaceofthewaste at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is your host, Melody Edmondson, and I'd like to introduce uh, Mike Dees, most recently uh, was president of Joan Voss, the huge giant of knitwear. And Mike's going to come on and talk to us a little bit about the brief history of knits all the way up and through the future. (laughs) So let's go with Mike. Hi, Mike. Hi, Melody. Glad to speak with you today. Yes, glad to have you on. Listening to your programs and everything, I think it's great that you finally address knitwear because, you know, there's been so many innovations in fabrics and everything that knitwear today has really become just a mainstay of almost every woman's wardrobe and also men too, believe it or not. Um, You know, just briefly, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the history of knitting because it is actually very interesting. I find that people today often confuse knits with sweaters and sweaters with knits and not knowing that. Uh, really what the difference is, you know, knitting is basically just the process of using two needles to loop yarn. Um, you, you make it into a series of interconnected loops and that creates a fabric. And then of course you have a, uh, the ability to make a garment out of that. Mostly that is done just for sweaters, you know, back in the 17th and 18th century, they used wool yarns almost exclusively. And you referred to um, a fisherman knit sweater. And that reminded me those fishermen knits actually started back in Scotland and they used wool yarns because there was a natural oil in the wool yarns. And after they knitted it, they found that it really helped keep um, the actual fishermen uh, protected from the harsh winters when they were out fishing. So knitwear knitwear was pretty much known as sweaters, you know, Um, people wore knitted sweaters, they wore knitted socks, but you really didn't hear of people wearing knit dressing from head to toe 
until even um, about the 1930s, because that was when we first had the machinery that could knit finer gauges that were more applicable to total knit dressing. And of course, um, you know, that, that machine knitting quickly moved the knits into a whole world of products, especially in terms of dress, uh, total knit dressing for women. Um, you know, I, I just go back to your comments about styling and that sort of thing. Back before the 1930s, you know, you certainly couldn't worry about a waist detail or the fit of a garment on the woman because it was a hand knitted sweater and they all pretty much fit very loosely. And uh, that's what knitwear meant. But, you know, slowly but surely, uh, because of the uh, machine knitting products, knits you know, really moved into a whole new world where you have jackets and you have pants and you have skirts. And like I said, so many have knitwear in there. So many women have knitwear in their closets and they don't even really think of it necessarily as knitwear. It's just become a part of a staple. You know, earlier you were talking about planning a wardrobe or, or going through someone's closet and you uh, talked about blazers and pants and things like that. I can't imagine any closet not having more than a few knitted pieces um you know because of the evolution of fabric you know um even when knitwear first started like before the 1980s you had cottons and you had wools um but there it wasn't until really about 1985 that the uh, manufacturers started addressing elacetane in the knitted process. And of course, we know that primarily as Lycra, which Lycra is just a branded name uh, used in, you know, to say elastane, elastane. And of course, that opened the door to a whole new reality of what knits could be. Uh, no longer just sweaters, but like I said, you have fabulous blazers, you have pants, you have skirts. Um, and of course, dresses um, at Joan Boss dresses was surprisingly enough, um, our largest classification. And it really spoke to the ease of the fit and the shape of dresses uh, working with so many different body types. Now, quite candidly, before you started talking about space to the waist and this sort of thing, even working with my designers, that was not necessarily addressed um, the way you address it in your books and, of course, the way you address it in, on your radio show. And it's been sort of an eye-opener. I mean, quietly, I think we did some of the tricks that you use, like if we were doing um, a wasted dress, we were very cautious about the way the seams ran or didn't run, if it ran up the side versus across the middle. Um, and I think that, that when you talk about fit and flair, if you will, in knit dressing, so much of it is applicable to wovens as well. Don't you agree? Yes, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. I think that listening to you, so many of the things that you have covered um, are today so applicable to knitwear. You know, when Lycra first came out, believe it or not, um, Lycra was developed and it, it was first used in apparel in ladies uh, swimwear. And of course, you know, that was, it was kind of like you talk about body shapers and that sort of thing. If you'll remember the old Jansen swimsuits and everything, oh, they were yeah. kind of bulletproof, you know, yeah. women, of course, <laughs> women, of course, love the way it made them feel, 
Yes. But of course, nobody wanted to wear their swimsuit all the way around mm-hmm. to work and everything like that. So that sort of opened the door. And finally, some smart designer said, hey, why aren't we putting this Lycra into other um, fabrications? And that fast opened the door to uh, cotton with Lycra, silk with Lycra, wool with Lycra. And, you know, in today's world, even in the woven market, you would be hard pressed to find uh, garments that really do not have some certain percentage of elastic in it. Women have really um, come to know this, whether they call it Lycra, whether they call it stretch, whether they call it, you know, there's so many different yeah. brand names. Even in their jeans and everything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I grew up at a time when we didn't have, uh, certainly didn't have any Lycra or anything in jeans. And now I don't think I wear I own a pair of jeans that don't have Lycra in them, you know. Yeah, they're comfortable. Really, um, you know, it just really opened up a whole new world. And I think that um, what we're seeing right now, at least I'm seeing right now, is, you know, we've come through this period where um, everything was so casual and it was all about wearing Lycra with a big top over over your Lycra bottoms or your sweatpants or whatever. And ironically enough, coming through this pandemic, I think women are tired of just that basic, let's pull on a pair. I do too. I think they're finally sick of them. They're really sick of them. And I think also, not to be um, politically incorrect here, I think men are tired of women, of looking at women. Yeah, I think they are too. And they appreciate the fact that a woman is now dressing, um, um, you know, wearing maybe a ponty pant. Speaking of which, though, while we were talking about knitwear and the classifications, you know, I thinking back when I knew you were going to have me on your show, I was trying to think of pivotal moments about uh, knitwear. And I have to say that there are two important fabrications that have definitely made a major impact. One, of course, is anything with Lycra, as we were just discussing, Um, even sweaters and blouses, everything has Lycra in it. But the other is a fabric called Ponte de Roma, or you know it as Ponte de Roma because you're in the business, but it's today called Ponte. And just like Lycra, uh, you don't go into a store and see something listed as Ponte, but the sales clerk there will usually tell you, oh, that's our Ponte basic. Ponte is just a, actually, it's a double knit fabric, a fabric that's knitted with two different needles, giving you two layers. And basically, to make this an easy discussion, it's really just about giving structure to a knitted fabric. That's right. That was the first time that women would put on a trouser with a zipper right. and two pockets and belt loops because the knit was so structured. She felt very secure in that. It also looked secure. It didn't move around on her like a, a drapey soft fabric. From there, it evolved right into a Ponte blazer. So when you yeah. talk about wardrobe building, a woman who doesn't have a Ponte blazer and a Ponte pant and maybe a skirt as well, you know, you, if you have those three items in black, you're really good to go to almost anywhere. Absolutely. You know? St. John um, Knits, isn't that what it is? Absolutely. Much? Absolutely. Yeah. And they've made a world on that. Yes. You know, when you mention that too, it reminds me, um, you know, so many people know the designer from the 30s and 40s, Coco Chanel. And of course, she was um, very, very, very influential in fashion and still is today. 
you can go into two out of three showrooms in New York and they'll often hang up a jacket and say, and this is our little Chanel jacket, which they're actually not supposed to oh, do yeah. because that's a trademark, but they still do it. And yeah. every, everyone knows what the Chanel jacket looks like. You exactly. know, Coco Chanel, actually her knitted fabrics were primarily of wool. You see after World War One in the 1940s, um, wool was very, very expensive because they had taken all of the wool to be used for uniforms during the war. Yes. Well, Chanel came out and said, well, let's take that wool yarn and let's fluff it up and let's really make something special out of it. And it was really the first time that women started to wear wool suits um, and they were very chic and they were very refined. And of course, then uh, we saw people like our lovely first lady, uh, Jackie Onassis, wore Chanel suits quite often. And, yes. you know, we're all a victim of things that we see and the way the trends are going. And um, I also, you and I had discussed earlier, my mother was in business for many, many, many years. And she always dressed very professionally and um, liked to dress. And she reminded me that Jackie Kennedy was the first first lady that ever wore pants in public. And boy, all of a sudden, women started wearing pants in the workplace. And of course, your ponty pant became so incredibly, incredibly important. And that fabrication has lived on and on and on. And it's it's really what you would call a basic and a wardrobe building um, process, you know. Um, it's just, yeah, it's I couldn't even wear pants to work until 1980. Right, right. It had to be a dress or a skirt. It and is stockings and pumps, right, you know. Right. Well, I think that we are going back to a period where women are going to dress up, as we say. Yes. But I think, the, especially in the knitted category, and I'm not here to tear down wovens, but, you know, if you are looking for a good basic pair of black pants and you have a nice ponty knit, Every resource does them. You know, you can find them at any level. You can find them at Saks Fifth Avenue and you can find them at JCPenney. You can't go wrong right. um, as having that as a, it's kind of like a man having a Navy suit. Every man's got a Navy suit. In right. Closet. And a white shirt. You, you never know when you need to go to either a wedding or a funeral. You right. Know, you have That's right. That's and right. I That's what that I, little black dress is for. <laughs> well, you know, and speaking of that little black dress, you know, we are all so influenced by what goes on in the world. And today things move so quickly. But every time you say little black dress in some of your uh, shows and everything, I always think of Audrey Hepburn standing in front of the windows yes. at Tiffany in oh, that little black dress. Absolutely. And I also remember going back. I sound like I'm crazy here, but my mother, when we I grew up in Arkansas. And anytime we would go on a trip, whether it was for a weekend or a week or whatever, my mother would always come out with a little black dress in a, in a plastic a cellophane bag thing, like from the cleaners. And I would be like, mom, we're going to the beach. And she would say, honey, you never know who might die while you're away. You always need a black dress to go to a funeral or something. <laughs> and that's Absolutely. Actually, actually it is. Story, but, yeah. Um, well, my mother used to say, just make sure your underwear match because you never know if you get in an accident you want to don't want to look <laughs> shoddy that is very true so between well, our underwear and a little black dress we can just about go anywhere <laughs> right, right. well you know basically as i was saying though on a more serious note there are really in knitwear there's two fabrications to be concerned with one is the ponte for more structured garments like blazers and pants and skirts and then the other is a jersey knit where you get into a more fluid fabrication i love the jersey and 
when you talk about your woman that you're addressing and addressing body types, you know, when I think of a jersey dress to help your, uh, hopefully our listeners understand a little bit better. Um, if you think of Diane von Furstenberg's wrap yes. dress, you know, yes. she yeah. did a jersey uh, knit wrap dress back in 1970 something, and it is still on her line today. That's right. Um, and because it addresses the waistline, you can mm-hmm. belt it wherever you need to. Um, also, that speaks to different necklines, the, the V-neck versus the boat neck versus the crew neck. You know, um, and you can speak more to that than I can, Melody, because I don't know necessarily, you know, what necklines you think work with what body types. Do you cover that in your books as well? I I, I do a little bit, but it seems that the preferred neckline is the V neckline. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it is uh, suggested that if you want to elongate your waist, if you do a jewel or a crew or a mock turtle, you'll have a little more length in the bodice of your top. And now with all these little short boxy sweatshirty tops, I even have one on today. They're kind of more of a formal athleisure, I'll call it, (laughs) because it's black and it's structured and it has a mock turtle and it's shorter and boxier, but they look good with the flat front balloon-legged denim trousers, which I happen Mm -hmm. to have on a pair of Oscar. And they I know they have them at Banana Republic. They probably have it at Target by now. They have it at Levi's. And there's a lot of these, and they're really far more attractive than mom jeans, but fit and flares are the big jean that's back again. But I happen to like these banana leg because they're very comfortable and you can get them too big for yourself and then pull them down on your hips. And for someone short-waisted, that's very comfortable. And then you wear your little boxy top because in that proportions with the ballooning in the leg, it creates a great proportion for the divine proportion with your eye you know you look at somebody and you see two-thirds to third to one-third that's the divine proportion roughly and in all of nature that is considered the most beautiful number in the world the divine well that takes me to another point you just okay. made me think of something when you talk about divine proportion and everything you know i always had something at my company when we were especially as we went into women's sizes, and also even in petites all the way through, we used to laugh and say there is a major fear factor with women when it comes to dressing, especially as it comes to dressing and knowing um, the right proportion garments for their specific bodies. You know, a buyer comes into your showroom and they buy the sizes across the line, they put them in the store, and they don't often know the reality of what happens to that when it gets on a body. You know, yes, yes. And we call the fear factor breaking an old, old um, image that one has of themselves, you know, especially, and we all know, we can just be very candid here. We all know that in the United States today, average is much larger than it was 20 years ago. Yes. People are getting bigger. We all have yes. way too much processed foods. And, um, It's just a fact of life. And Mm -hmm. what I found is that when women became a certain size, like maybe 
you know, I, I hate to say numbers because it's, I don't want to insult anyone, but if a woman became a size 16 or an 18, all of a sudden she thought I have to wear a big voluminous blouse in a large print with a black pair of leggings to cover all this up. No, and that's really, really, really so, so terribly wrong. Yeah. And that's what think, we're totally getting away from now. Thank God. Well, and thank I God. Think, I think that the right garments and you talk about, I mean, I, to be very candid, I don't wear Spanx, not yet, but, um, (laughs) you know, because of the right undergarments and I don't know about bras and all the things that you were talking about, but because of what you have in terms of body shapers, and then when you have a woman wear something like that, and then she puts on a dress that happens to fit her right in the waist, and it, it actually just the uh, helps support and define a great looking body. There's no it reason does. for it someone, a, well, a lady that's wearing a size 18 can still look very Oh, nice. absolutely. I mean, first of all, women started gaining size. I'll tell you, I sure did. When I got married, I was 112 pounds, but I didn't have one ounce of muscle on me. Um, but when I got married, I ran eight miles a day, started doing weightlifting and I started developing muscle. Muscle weighs more than fat. I mean, immediately uh, my weight went up to 130 pounds and I still wore at that time a size seven or nine, mostly a nine. Once I put the muscle on, I wore the nine, but I really pretty much needed that before, except my waist was very uh, tiny. And Then now when I meet these young girls that are having trouble finding clothes to fit them, for instance, uh, I just helped this girl. Number one, uh, I bought a pair of jeans from Khloe Kardashian's line, um, Good American, and they're fabulous for anyone that has curves. This little girl had a butt, she had thighs, she worked out, and and, and I know another young girl here who's a swimmer who has a, a not rock and knockout body, but she's got a lot of muscle. So, you know, you have trouble sometimes finding the right fit with that because they don't have enough room. You're tight, but you look very good in knits. And this girl looked great in these jeans, which also had stretch, but Chloe's doing those jeans for girls with curves and thank the Lord. Uh, because they've been a long time waiting. And my experience with knits is I like to take these very large women, large busted women that have like double D cups, teeny tiny waists, and hip, bigger hips and a big butt and put them in a knit dress and they rock that dress. They look amazing. And that same woman a few years ago would have been told she couldn't wear that or her mom would have told her that because it wasn't in our consciousness to love the body we have. Love our own basic nature, our shoulders, our waist, our hips, our bone structure. And if your tendency in your heredity, in your genetic makeup is to be very curvy, you got to rock that. You got to own that. And no amount of dieting is going to make your waist longer. No amount of sit-ups is going to make your waist shorter. So the point is, love the body you've got and dress it the best way you can so that you feel empowered and you feel beautiful. And I just think knits are wonderful for that. 
you know? Well, I think, I think to your point too, until recently, well, you know, even going back to the 1980s, actually, if you could get a curvy woman, we'll refer to her as a curvy woman, to just go in the dressing room with a nice ponty pant and show her how yes. it can fit because so many Absolutely. of them are so intimidated. And, you know, we're mm-hmm. talking about the large size customer here or the curvy customer. It's the same for a size two customer. Yes. Fit is mm-hmm. so important. And you talk about the space of the waist. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether you're a size two or if you're a size 22, that proportion is so terribly important. And I think that knitwear um, really has done a, the knitwear industry has done a tremendous job of complementing various body types, but also designing to those body types to make them look the best that they possibly can. Like Donna Karen, she did a lot for that. She was a curvy woman. She had a great figure, but she had boobs. She had a waist. She had hips. She started with that knit jersey, which I still have. Yes. And I, I bought like five black knit tight body conscious dresses from her, every neckline I could find. And I just loaned one to a woman who she's been working on uh, losing just any excess weight that she had. She looked great anyway, but she's about a 10 now and probably an eight on the bottom and a 10 on the top with very lean arms. She walks every day. She's very tight. I sent her this dress because she had a few occasions to go to. And I said, I'm going to give you this dress because I've got a few others. I gave my sister one. And I thought, you know, I don't need all of these now that, you know, I'm out here in Arizona. They're a little bit heavier and long weight and long sleeve. But anyway, she says, oh, Millie, I can't wear a tight dress. I'm still a 10. I still have, you know, like a 39 inch bust. And I go, you're going to look like a million bucks in this. She put that dress on and her daughters came over and her daughters, y'all mind you, are double zeros, but never mind. They took a look at her and they said, oh my gosh, mom, you look great. Mom, you look hot, you know? And so even her ex-husband complimented her. So I'm just saying, you're right. Even today, there are women that think they can't wear tight clothes just because they have a large bus line or they have, they may have skinny hips and skinny legs, but have a a large bust line because they're inverted triangle. This particular girl was a little bit wider shouldered. Well, actually she wasn't very wide shouldered. She thought she was, but by the time I looked at her, her shoulders weren't that big, but they were a tiny bit bigger than her hips because her hips are very narrow and her waist is narrow, as narrow as her hips. And she had a fairly flat, flat stomach. And no big butt, but that wouldn't have mattered. It would have looked just as beautiful, but she looked amazing in this dress, but she just never thought she could wear anything like that. And this is a fashion conscious person living in, you know, California. So you would think this would be uh, something she already had uh, worn a lot of, but now I think I've sold her on it, but you do have to sell people on it. It's Mm -hmm. to show their body and you have to. I think a lot of it is just having the consciousness to love your body. It's very well, necessary to appreciate and love your body. That is true. And I think, you know, especially today, we do know that online shopping is a reality. And sad as it may be, that reality is not going away. 
but it's really going to require some serious, serious training so that women know how to buy for themselves because they're not in a dressing room with a Melody Edmondson saying, okay, well, let's take a smaller size around the waist or whatever. And it's really disgruntling. And that's why you have such a high return rate on clothes when people order online and everything because they don't know what their sizes are. And then, but to me, the bigger factor is breaking this image that I am heavy. So everything needs to be covered up, you know, Big, that just, you know, baggy or whatever yeah, that, that exactly. the, you're right. You're right. And I do think we could make it easier. The retailers, when I say we, I still think of myself as a merchant, but if you go online, if it were merchandised differently, like if you merchandised short-waisted by body shape or long-waisted by body shape, or talls by body shape, curvy girls mm-hmm. by general body shape and waist length. <laughs> waist length is so important. And of course, the body shape. There are some designers doing clothes for triangle body shape. I know there's a wo- uh, two women in Sheffield in the UK that are doing it. I've spoken to so many wedding dress designers and they of course get the body better than anyone because they have to get up close and personal when they do their bridal gowns. And, and I'm telling you, even David's bridal uh, is a mass producing, beautiful company because they definitely know what they're talking about. They have so many different proportions in gowns for, I think anybody um, it's just, if you did want hundred percent silk or, you know, French lace and things, they don't go up to that level in terms of, uh, fabrics. They also don't go up to that level in price, but if you want that, those designers are out there as well, but yeah, body, it's going to have to get different because of all the buying online. There's too many returns already in stores. There's returns, but even without brick and mortar and just having an online store and nothing else, there are still far too many returns. People buy two and three of something because they don't know which size they'll take. And then I found that about 25% of those people that did that really, it was about body shape. Okay. Uh, that the body shape that they were wasn't really right for the cut of the dress. So I do think if we can help along the way with the layout, whether it's Amazon, uh, Neiman Marcus, uh, Saks Fifth Avenue, Target, Walmart, JCPenney's, Nordstrom's, every single site for every single store, Bergdorf's, Lord & Taylor, all of those people, need to have a format when you go online to shop, put in your shoulder, your waist, and your hip measurement, and put in that space of the waist, that waist length, so they know if you're short-waisted or long-waisted, and give them the number. And then they should also have The details should have the width of their dress in the shoulders, the width of their top, the length of their top, the width of the T-shirt, the length of the T-shirt, so that, for instance, long 
long-waisted women don't have to send them back because they're not long enough. This has to be done. You have to give more information. I noticed on some of my favorite sites, they quit putting the fabrication. That's a big no-no for me because if you've got to have that fabrication down, silk is not polyester. So I want to know, is it silk? Is it cotton? Is it wool? Is it rayon? Is it uh, cotton knit? Is it cotton and linen or just cotton or just linen? It needs to be written on there. You've got to have the fabric content. You've got to have the measurements. You've got to have all of that. It'll make it better for the returns. There will be fewer returns. That's what I have to say about that. You know, as you can see, I'm very passionate about it because to me, it's so post peak. You need to get doing it. You know, come on. Right. It's, Get the body shapes on there, at least. Well, I think also it's, you know, today's program is about knitwear. It's even more important in knitwear because women are so intimidated. Um, I yes. got to tell you, I was happened to be at um, a Saks Fifth Avenue store and found a man's navy blazer. And I'm embarrassed to tell you how much I paid for it, but that doesn't really matter. It was completely a ponte knit. And it is my go-to blazer now because oh my when you talk about Fabulous. versatility, I can wear I, yes. to it the most formal occasion, but I can also throw it over a pair of jeans with a nice crisp Absolutely. And I'm sad to say I'm about to wear the thing out because oh, I no. wear it so much. Well, take but it to a good seamstress and have another one made. I know, I know. But a tailor. My point is that all of these things that we're discussing today, yes. while they're certainly true for good woven fit, knit fit is just as important because people have to realize that knits today are just addressing that those same issues that wovens are too. That is exactly right. Okay. I, uh, I'm going to have to go uh, to a commercial break, but then we'll come right back and wrap up with Mike. So I'm going to go for a commercial break and we'll be right back. Thank you. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. See Melody Edmondson has created a book series, The Space of the Waste. The book series may be found on Amazon.com. You'll want to purchase book one first. Your fashion guide based on body shape and the space of the waist. This is a new method of measuring, including the first guidebook. There are a total of 19 volumes that focus on different body shapes and waist lengths and how to make the space of the waist work for you. Find the space of the waist guides on Amazon.com. You are listening to The Space of the Waste. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to thespaceofthewaste at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to the Space of the Ways. We've been so blessed today to have Mike Dees on the show, sharing all of his expert uh, knowledge on knitwear. Uh, I want to make a little quote. Well, read a quote from Betty White since we lost Betty. She said, you know, if one has no sense of humor, one is really in trouble. And I say that because my dad, as I've told little stories about him before, I'll tell you another little story. It wasn't knit, uh, but it was ulcer suede. <laughs> if you remember those years. And I had saved up all year to buy my dad an ultra suede jacket. Well, I was going down to the Lake of the Ozarks to see my father and mother, and they had a houseboat. And dad taught us, you know, how to ski and all of that. And so anyway, I'm going down there and I notice he's really doing something very busy on, on the top of the houseboat. And I look down and I go, dad, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm hosing down this suede coat you gave me. I go, dad, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. So he continues to hose it down. And then as it dried, he brushed it just like you would a horse. And I said, dad, I don't, I don't think that's what they meant when they said it was washable. So that's a big funny. Uh, another thing I wanted to share was uh, when I was in college and I wanted something crocheted by my grandmother because she was such a fabulous crocheter. She made me the most gorgeous, uh, if it wasn't so short, I'd wear it today, but it was a gorgeous light blue with a metallic thread running through it, uh, crocheted mini dress with a scallop sleeve and a scallop hem. And then she made me a satin uh, light blue dress to wear underneath. And she looked all over California for the perfect light blue leather shoes with a little flat satin bow on the front for me to wear. And I had so much fun wearing that in college. And then again, in uh, some of the early years at uh, specialty stores in New York and certainly at Swanson's. And then, and then I passed it down to my nieces and they are now wearing them and then probably pass it down to some of the great nieces. But I think some of these are lost arts as well, the crochet and all of these things. But we will have our knitwear. And thanks to Mike, um, we know a whole lot more about it. So thank you, Mike. Thanks thank for you for having me. It was thanks, a fun day. Thanks for being here. Really, really appreciate it. And we'll sign off and see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Space of the Waste. Please join host Melody Edmondson again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next time.